Welcome to the Case by Case Basis podcast. We don't always agree with black people or white people, Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, gay and straight. We just take the information that we have been given, look at it, evaluate it, make a decision on how we feel about it on a case by case basis, because that's what we think everyone should do. The Philadelphia 76ers lost the Eastern Conference semifinals last night to the Boston Celtics. Now, I was watching the game last night, and one thing that struck me was the amount of times that I saw Joel Embiid pacing the perimeter, meaning, you know, around the uh, the, the three-point line, and, you know, he was basically playing outside of the paint the way we used to see when I was coming up. We, we saw a lot of guards do that. And maybe maybe the small forward would do that. And the power forward and the center would usually remain somewhere around the basket. Now, I understand, like, you know, the game has changed. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a three-point game now. And, you know, a lot of jump shooters. And, uh, you know, that's just the way the game is now. And I, I was just, it just struck me that that kind of made the game for me, to, at least, to be sometimes just unwatchable because it seems like the game has turned into a three-point shooting contest. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. You know, it when I used to watch basketball, I mean, in the 80s and the 90s, and, uh, and believe me, I'm not the guy who's saying get off my lawn. I'm not the old guy like that. But And I understand younger people are going to probably push back on, uh, you know, me getting on the game now, but I'll get, I'll get to my point. I remember in the eighties and the nineties on a fast break, you know, you, you were coming down, you had maybe three on two. It was very rare that someone pulled up from three on a fast break, or if someone beat their man off the dribble. And if you had the center who's hanging out or the power forward who's hanging out on the at, at, at the perimeter, you know, you went in for a dunk or you went in for easy two. Nowadays, it just seems like so many guys are getting down to the basket and they're kicking it back out for a three. And it frustrates me when they miss that three. And I'm like, yo, you could have had the two. But I understand why that is. And I think it's mainly due to analytics because, look, let's just do some <laughs> mathematics. And this is pretty simple math. You take 100 shots. And I'm pretty sure this is what analytics did. You take 100 shots. You hit 50. If you hit 50, 50 of them from two, you get 100 points. You hit 35 of them from three, you have 105 points. I get it. You know, I mean, it's just... That when I was coming up, you know, it just seems like you took the highest percentage shot to, you know, get as many points as you could. Now, what does that mean for yesterday's game? I just think that when you have a player like Joel Embiid, now he can hit the three, you know, there's no problem. But it seems as if if he, if he was more of like a Akeem Olajuwon, 
Patrick Ewing, Shaquille O'Neal. You know, if it was more like that, it seemed like that he could wear down the other team. And he can also wear down the other center. And he can wear down other players on the team. Because a lot of times they have Marcus Smart in him. Now, if he has Marcus Smart on him down in the paint, that should be two-pointers all day. And he can get Marcus Smart in foul trouble. So if you get him in foul trouble, you get him off the floor, then, you know, you can just do different things. And I'm not, you know, trying to say that I'm a better coach than Doc Rivers or the Celtics coach or, 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 or whatever. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, but it just seems like it, it, it made the the game to be. I don't know. It's, it's it's almost something that I don't recognize from when I was younger. And and I know that. And, and again, the game has changed. Fouls that used to happen back then, and uh, and I'm glad they kind of legislated that out. Even though I I always hear people of, of my age group. They'll say, oh, you know, they couldn't play back then because, you know, they will let you play physical and stuff like that. Nah, you know, I, I didn't like I didn't like that back then. You know what I mean? I mean, I accepted it because I say hey, that's just basketball. But when they start to legislate it out, I was all for it. But I just think that, you know, you can take some uh, aspects of the game from back then and incorporated today because one thing you want to do, I would say, is wear the other team down. I mean, I believe that if Joel Embiid, and I'm just using him as an example, I think if, if they would have put him more down in the paint and, you know, you, you have guys that would do things like that, I think you could have gotten Al Horford out of the game. Because, you know, there's nothing you can do with him down there but foul him. Marcus Smart was on him. You got to foul him. You know, Williams. There's nothing. Joel Joel Embiid is the MVP for a reason. I mean, and I just... I just can't stand this new game, man. I mean, it's 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 frustrating. I know it's been in it's, it's been in effect for years now, and this is the way it is. And it's like everyone wants to be Steph Curry, and they're kind of you know have they, they have this like positionless basketball now where you I long for the days of like Akeem Olajuwon or uh, Tim Duncan, uh, you, you know, guys that. Shaquille O'Neal, that guys that dominated the paint. And, you know, it's just, it just seems like, I think it would have been a closer game yesterday had they incorporated that. You know, it's just, I don't know. It, it just seems like everybody wants to be a bunch of Steph Curry's on the court and you need some low post guys. You need some guys, you know, who can run the fast break and not pull up from three. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But congratulations to the Boston Celtics, though. I mean, they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Again, I know it's at least the second second year in a row because they went to the uh, to, to the 
NBA Finals last year and they lost to the uh, Golden State Warriors. So you have a chance now to have an old-fashioned Lakers and Boston Celtics rivalry that, that can be renewed this year. You know, both of them are in their conference finals and they have a good chance of winning. But Denver is going to be tough. The Heat and Jimmy Butler, they're not going away. So it's going to be really, really, really exciting for the upcoming conference finals. But I just wanted to get that out about, uh, you know, the three-point shot. And it, it just seems like, you know, analytics is taking over a lot of sports, including baseball, you know, especially in baseball. I mean, you know, pitchers don't pitch past the sixth inning anymore. Now you have a situation where, you know, it's the pitcher. You pitch If you pick, pitch six innings, you're good. Then you have middle relief. Then you have setup. And then you have closer. You know, you have to you you're gonna use at least four pitchers every game. Every game. And it just it just wasn't the game when I grew up. You know, it was that starting pitcher went out there and he wasn't gonna give the ball back unless he had to. You know, you you were going to see Tom Seaver for as long as Tom Seaver could go, as long as he wasn't getting rocked, he was gonna be out there. You know, there were no pitch counts and and things like that. So this show is supposed to be about analytics. I know I got on Joel Embiid, and I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I was getting on uh, him yesterday because Doc Rivers is, is <laughs> please, he's, he's forgotten more basketball than I'll never know, and I get it. But I'm just talking about it as a fan watching the game who was who did see, you know, the Magic Johnsons and the Isaiah Thomases and the Michael Jordans who saw them play in the 80s and the 90s. And I even saw, like, you know, uh, the, the guys from, from from like a lot of guys from the seventies, the the the, the Doctor J's and you know Artis Gilmore and people like that, and uh, I I saw a lot of basketball growing up, and you know now and I've seen how it has uh, progressed, and I just I just don't like the the chucking up of threes, and I think that's because of analytics, and I'm, I was just supposed to be about analytics. In sports now, and how I think, of course, there's 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 room in the sport for analytics, yes. But I mean, to, for it to totally take over the game, it seems like um, take baseball for instance. It seems like baseball they're not even managing anymore. They're just looking to say, okay, is it time to do this or is it time to do that? Okay, this guy has 95 pitches. It's time to take him out. Doesn't matter how effective he is. You can tell that by the number of of uh, combined no-hitters. There was no such thing as a, as a combined no-hitter growing up. Now, don't get me wrong. No, yes, there were. But it was very few. If a pitcher had a no-hitter or a perfect game going, there was no way the manager was going to take him out of the game. Not a chance that he was coming out. Now, okay, you know what? Oh, He's, he has a perfect game through six. How many pitches has he thrown? Well, he's thrown 98 pitches. Okay, get the uh, get the relief, the relief pitcher up. St- stuff like that. You know, it's like, mm, that just kind of irks me. You know, but, I mean, but you also have a situation where, uh, you know, in, in 2015, and my daughter and I, if you've listened to the show, my daughter and I, we talked about that. But Matt Harvey talked himself 
in back into the game in the ninth inning against the Kansas City Royals. And that's why I'm losing that game, losing the World Series. But, you know, that's that brings up too many painful men- memories. But uh, analytics would have helped in that situation. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just when analytics is, has totally taken over the game. And, and you know what? A, a, a gut feeling is gone. You know, I mean, you have guys coming out uh, of the dugout and like very few situations. And now you have uh, limited mound. It's, it's just it's just it's just a different game. It's a different game. And I guess, you know, you have to make it more palatable for the younger viewer because, hey, it's called spade to spade. We're we're going to be gone in about 40 years and you know they they have to pass the game down and keep the game going so that's just something I wanted to talk about today on this episode and you know just talking about analytics and the game and I understand younger people they you know they they're going to like it more and I get it but it just it, it it just rubs me the wrong way you know I mean on a fast break Look, take the two-point shot, go for the dunk. You know what I mean? In baseball, if the pitcher is out there and he is uh, doing his thing or whatever, he has a no-hitter, keep him out there. You know, so, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I'll end this segment right here. And uh, don't forget, you guys can check the podcast out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Please give me five stars on Apple Podcasts, as well as follow and subscribe on Spotify. Uh, that's it in this segment. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the next segment. case-by-case basis podcast where we don't always agree with black people or white people, Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, gay or straight. We just take the information that we have been given, look at it, evaluate it, make a decision on how we feel about it on a case-by-case basis because that's what we think everyone should do. Mark Jackson is an MVP voter for the NBA. NBA. And the ballots came out and it showed that uh, Joel Embiid won the MVP this year. Now, I was watching uh, NBA on TNT a few weeks back, or maybe about a week, week or two back. And Charles Barkley made a statement on the show. He said that he found out that one person didn't even have Nikola Jokic on his ballot in the top five for the MVP voting. And Charles Barkley, I believe he called the person an idiot. You know, Charles Barkley's always calling somebody an idiot. But he basically said that this person should have their voting privileges taken away. Now, I said, okay. You know, at the time, I was like, "Mm, I don't really pay attention to West Coast basketball. But then again, I'm not an MVP voter. Now, if you're an MVP voter, you need to pay attention to everybody Uh, in the NBA and you need to make your vote accordingly. You know, you you need to make informed decisions on things like this. You know, you can't just say, well, I wasn't paying attention to to West Coast basketball. No, you need to pay attention to everything. Now, a couple of weeks, you know, later, you know, uh, earlier this week, it was revealed that the person who left Nikola Jokic off his ballot was Mark Jackson. 
Now, I was reading through the internet and I was looking at different, uh, you know, just looking at things on the internet. You know, sometimes I, I get content, sometimes I'm just, you know, strolling through the internet. And I saw this thing that was trending. And what was trending was that Mark Jackson left Nikola Jokic off his ballot. Then, you know, people started saying, well, you know what? He's supposed to be an NBA guru. He's supposed to be an expert. And how could he leave Nikola Jokic off his uh, ballot? And, you know, maybe his privileges should be taken away. Same thing Charles Barkley said. Now, ch- now Charles Barkley, I, I didn't hear Charles Barkley say, hey, you know what? He should still get his uh, voting privileges taken away since he found out it was Mark Jackson. I don't know about that. Maybe it happened. Maybe I wasn't paying. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. But I, I didn't hear him say that. Mark Jackson then issued an apology for not putting Nikola Jokic on his ballot. Then I, that's when I decided to do this segment. I'm like, you, he had to apologize. Come, see, look, this is when y'all go off the rails. Okay, Nikola Jokic, I wasn't paying attention to Nikola Jokic, but then again, like I said, I'm not an MVP voter until the playoffs. Same re- same way I wasn't paying attention to the Sacramento Kings until the playoffs. Now, I watched Nikola Jokic pe- play. I was like, wow, yeah, this guy is good. I mean, this is a great player. He should have been on everyone's MVP ballot. ballot. Okay. You know, I don't know why Mark Jackson left them off. Maybe, it be- maybe because he won the last two. And Mark was like, okay, you know what? We're just going to uh, give it to somebody else. And I'm just going to leave him on my ballot. I don't know what Mark Jackson's thinking was. But the fact that he left him off the ballot, I don't think he should have, should have had to apologize for that. Now, it, it, it brought me back to two things in particular. One, earlier this year when uh, J.J. Reddick and Kendrick Perkins got into it because Kendrick Perkins said that there have only been three uh, players who were in top 10 in scoring who to win the MVP. And Kendrick Perkins, he named three players, and three, those three players happened to be white. J.J. Reddick comes back, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, basically saying, are you, in, basically what you were implying, no, he, he told him he was implying this, is that the MVP voters are racist. Kendrick Perkins said he was just, was just giving facts. J.J. Reddick's like, no, yes, you did. Yes, you did. And they started going back and forth. And they had this kind of, you know, awkward exchange on ESPN. And I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? Okay. J.J. Reddick, if you're, a, if you're a student of the game, you know, of course you are. You know, you play, you play in college, play in the NBA. You know, ins and outs that, that, that I'm not privy to doesn't mean, you know, well, whatever. But, nah, a lot of times, we as black people, I'm just going to say me, we do think that sometimes white people get graded on a curve when it comes to playing in the NBA. Not to say they're not great players. It's just that when they, a lot of times when people find, when they get that white player, I mean, that's really like exceeding everybody else. They start, they start using these superlatives and they start putting them out in the stratosphere that they don't belong. Okay, they're great. We understand they're great. All of a sudden, no one can touch them. You can't say anything bad. You can't say bad anything bad about Larry Bird to this day. We all know Larry Bird's a great player. 
it, you know what, you know what it brought me back to, um, in addition to that? Speaking of Larry Bird, I remember when Dennis Rodman said, Larry Bird's a great player, but if he was black, he'd be just a regular guy. Y'all should have seen, look, I know most people today are too young to remember the hoopla that that caused because they, they went to Isaiah Thomas and they said, hey, Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Robin said if Larry Bird was black, he'd be just a regular guy. Isaiah Thomas said, hey, you know what? Larry Bird's a great player. He's a this, he's a that. But I have to agree with Dennis. If he were black, he'd be a regular guy. Oh my goodness. The white media went nuts. They're saying, they tried to make it seem like that Dennis Rodman and Isaiah Thomas was calling Larry Bird an average player. No. And the thing about it was, Dennis Rodman and Isaiah Thomas, they weren't even saying anything negative about Larry Bird. They were talking about the media. They were talking about you guys' portrayal of Larry Bird. The things they just say about Larry Bird in the media. Larry Bird was God with the basketball. That's an exact quote that people were saying back then. He was God with a basketball. Now, were there players that were on Larry Bird's level? Of course, people used to argue who was better, Magic Johnson or Larry Bird. Okay, Larry Bird was a great player. Larry Bird, uh, Isaiah Thomas even, even said his mother-in-law called Larry Bird's jump shot silent death. Larry Bird did anything he could to beat you. Larry Bird was on that court to beat you and rub your face in it. We all know that. Look at the things that Magic Johnson had to do just to be considered equal behind the back passes. No look passes. Six foot nine. Running the point. All of these things. He won a championship before Larry Bird. He, he, he stepped in for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, yeah, 42, some, some crazy... Uh, game triple well I don't know if it was a triple double but in 1980 when they won the championship and that was just to be considered equal to Larry Bird not to say that they weren't equal but La- La- Magic Johnson seemed like he could do more in the court than Larry Bird just for them to be considered equal now not taking nothing away from either player they were great players but look at the media look at the media storm that 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 came down on people just because basically what what Dennis Rodman and Isaiah Thomas said it was true. Nothing, nothing away from Larry Bird. Larry Bird, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. It was your portrayal in the media of him. Same thing now. Okay, he left Nikola Jokic off of his ballot. Should he have to apologize for that? Steve Nash has two MVP awards. You know who has one? Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant has one MVP his whole career. Kobe Bryant was considered the best player in the NBA in the whole early 2000s. He has one MVP. Steve Nash has double. Really? Is this what we're doing? This is why we say that There's sort of a bias when it comes to the media, not the players, when it comes to the media. It's just your portrayal of these guys that people are talking about. 
No one's saying, no one's taking anything away from Nikola Jokic. And you know what? He should have been on Mark Jackson's ballot. We all know this. No one's saying anything different. But Mark Jackson shouldn't have to apologize. That's where we're getting to. Why is the media getting on him so much that he has to apologize for it? He could just say, yo, it was an oversight. and Everybody should have moved on. But no, you can't move on. Hey, left the white guy off. That, that white guy's a great player. He needs to be on your ballot. Nah. It's not what we're doing. Anyway, that's my take on it. I mean, you know what? And like I said, Nikola Jokic should have been on everybody's ballot. But he wasn't. Okay. Also, I'll go back to one more thing, and I'll end the segment here. There was an MVP voter. Now, Steph Curry was the first unanimous MVP in NBA history. Shaq should have had that honor. There was one voter. I don't know who it was. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find out who it was. There was one MVP voter who who did not vote Shaq MVP. Shaquille O'Neal. Is anybody apologizing? That's what we're talking about. There's some great white players in the NBA. Nobody can deny that. Nobody can deny Jokic. Nobody can deny, you know, Luka Doncic. Nobody can deny these guys, man. Come on. I mean, look, these dudes can play. Larry Bird is one of the greatest players. I'm not going to go through all of them. Y'all know who I'm talking about. But the fact of the matter is, if something happens to them, I'm pretty sure Nikola Jokic is not saying, hey, Mark Jackson left me off, so now I don't want to speak to him anymore. No, he's like, okay, yo, I'm going to prove. You know what Nikola Jokic is doing right now? Just what Michael Jordan did when Charles Barkley won over him. Okay, you didn't want to vote me MVP? Okay, fine. I'm going to beat the people that you thought was better than me. I hope Joel Embiid gets, gets to the finals so I can destroy him. That's probably his thinking. And to me, Joel Embiid, okay, I'm on the East Coast. I saw more Joel, Joel Embiid than Nicole Jokic. Okay, I thought Joel, Joel, Joel Embiid, initially I thought Joel Embiid should have won the, uh, should have won MVP. But you know what? After watching these playoffs, I don't know, man. Nicole Jokic, is, that dude's a beast. Anyway, <laughs> yo, I'm going to end this in this segment here. Don't forget, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Please give me five stars on Apple Podcasts, as well as subscribe and follow me on Spotify. I thank you guys for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the What's On My Mind segment of the show. Thanks again for listening. Thanks. Bye. Stay tuned for the What's On My Mind segment of the show where I will share my thoughts on sports, politics, relationships, or any other newsworthy events that happen to be on my mind at the time. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you on the other side. Okay, what's on my mind? Ja Morant, Ja Morant, Ja Morant. What are you doing? John Morant was just suspended from all activities concerning the Memphis Grizzlies for brandishing a weapon during an IG Live video. 
John Morant was just suspended a few months back for brandishing a gun at a strip club. John Morant, John Morant, John Morant. Look, I don't know if you want to portray this thug life. I don't I, I don't know what you're trying to do. I really don't. But it seems like you're trying to throw your career away. I mean, what are you, 23, 24 years old? You have a chance to make over $200 million in the next five years. And it seems like you're just trying to give it back. Why? So you can look tough. I don't know what you're thinking. I really don't. But whatever you're thinking, dude, change your way of thinking. I don't know what it is. I mean, if if it's your boys, change your boys. I know it's hard. A lot of these guys are people that you grew up with, you know, your whole childhood. And now you got on and you don't want to be, be the guy who, as soon as they got on, he left his boys. Everybody talks about that growing up. Yo, if I get on, I'm going to bring all y'all with me. You know what? If, if it's that, then you got to renege on that deal. Just say, look, hey, every time I'm with y'all, I find myself in this situation. So you know what? Look, I see you when I see you, but we can't hang out like this. I have to change my circles. I have to start hanging out with people who have as much to lose as I do. Because the only loser in this situation seems like it is you. You're the one with the $40 million a year on the line. Not them. And this is it. This is only if it's them. I don't know. Maybe you're the ringleader. I don't know. People always like to say, you know, oh, you start hanging out with a bad crowd. Maybe you're the bad crowd. I don't know. I wouldn't like to think so because we've never heard anything about this at Murray State. Nobody said anything when you were coming into the draft. Oh, you know, when he was in the neighborhood, it was this, it was that. None of that. You seem to come from a nice, stable family. Now, all of a sudden, you want to start brandishing guns? I heard, I heard an announcer say, look, see, this is why you can't give a black man money. I remember when Kendrick Perkins said that, and I made an episode quickly and said, no, look, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Even if that is a saying, don't throw that out there. Not on ESPN, no, because you have too many examples of black men getting this money in the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, in business, or what, and they're not out there brandishing guns. This is not a black man problem. This is a John Morant problem. We have too many examples of young people making bad decisions that are costing lives. Look at what happened with Jalen Carter. They decided to race the, the driver in the other car. She happened to be drunk, killed one of his teammates and her because they were because they were racing. 
Now they're coming out saying he was driving on a suspended license. Okay, bad decision costing two lives. Look at Brandon Miller. Darius Miles, his former teammate at the University of Alabama, asked him to bring a gun to him. I need you to bring me my gun. He brings the gun. Minutes later, uh, that gun is used to kill a mother of two. Bad decisions. Darius Miles is in jail. Brandon Miller, they didn't charge him with anything. But look how these bad decisions are costing lives. Suppose that gun had gone off while you was in there dancing on IG Live and you was waving it. Then where would you be? Henry Ruggs III. Driving too fast in his car. He hits a woman. Kills her. Vehicular homicide. Now he's going to jail. He doesn't have an NFL career anymore. Now he's going to jail. Too many silly things can happen when you make bad decisions. Why? Do we go this route? Not we. No, why do you go this route? Like I said, I'm not going to. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Not on my show. We're not going to blame young black men. We're going to blame individuals. This is a Ja Morant problem. And people who think like him. I'm just thinking. You're not thinking. You keep making these bad decisions. Guess what? Someone's going to make a bad decision about you. You wave a gun, somebody sees that, that, that you have a gun, they feel threatened, boom. Anything can happen, man. Dude. Why? From what I, you know, from, from all reports, you came from a stable family. Stable neighborhood. Now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's something I don't know. Maybe it's something I haven't read. But he, let's just say that is the case. You're not there now. You don't have to be driving around waving guns in cars. Are you trying to look tough? Run from the hood? Trying to create a story? No, create a story of a guy who just got a contract that's going to pay him $40 million a year and he can live in a lap of luxury and leave all that stuff behind. How about that? Let's create that story. Too many people in the world, less than 1% of people will ever even see that kind of money in their lifetime combined. And you make it in one year. This is, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know who, who, who is it T. Morant? Is it your father that needs, that, that needs to get to you? I don't know if it's your agent. I don't know who it is, but somebody needs to get through to you, man. That look, the, the NBA is not going to keep playing with you. I hear ex-NBA players and say, ex-NBA players say, look, the NBA knows everything because they have they have people everywhere. 
Now, they probably didn't have anybody on the highway looking at you waving this gun while you was driving. I don't know where you guys are driving at. But what? look, what was the purpose? What was the end game? You in there d- d- driving and, and waving guns. Why? What were you trying to show? What were you trying to prove? Did I can lose $40 million? Now you're suspended. From all team activities. Granted, it's the offseason, but look. Oh, they're going to they, they, take at least a chunk of that money through suspension for the season. You better believe it. And if you keep making decisions like this, these bad decisions, the NBA is going to make a decision about you. Because I'm pretty sure in those contracts, they can void it for cause. I know it's guaranteed. They, these are guaranteed contracts, but I don't. I, I I don't know. But I'm almost positive though that there's a way that they can manipulate that contract and get out of it. There are conduct clauses in there. I'm sure. And. We just don't see NBA players usually do things like that. Where it's like, you know what? Oh, they accidentally shot somebody or or they made this bad decision or that bad decision. I don't know if it is or not, but let's just say that there isn't one and you still guaranteed that money. They can suspend you and then you won't get it. This is what you're going to have to do. Look, you're going to have to start acting out of responsibility, acting like a responsibility human, like a responsible human being, like a responsible young man. And stop acting out of consequence. People who act out of consequence, a lot of times they go to jail. Why you didn't rob the bank? I was scared I was going to get caught. No, that's acting out of consequence. Why you didn't wave that gun? I was scared the NBA was going to suspend me. No, you shouldn't wave a gun because you shouldn't be waving a gun. You need to start acting out of responsibility and not out of consequence. Because I'm going to tell you one more time. If you keep making these bad decisions, the NBA is going to make a bad decision about you. And you're going to be gone. Well, that's, what's on, that's what's on my mind. You guys let me know what you think.